Association and IndieBirth.com. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to IndieBirth's series of podcasts here on iTunes, Taking Back Birth. Marin, today, as usual, with a fun, I think, rendition of Susan Weed's Six Steps of Healing for Birth. Susan Weed is an herbalist, as most people know, a very well-known herbalist, and for years, Margot and I have been loving her work as it applies to birth. So the wise woman tradition is probably our favorite, and so much of what we do and believe and teach is based on this model. So I'm not going to go into that today, but there are other podcasts I have earlier, a couple of years back, about the wise woman tradition, and you can listen to those to get a sense of the depth of that model which is so fun and insightful to talk about. So today I want to talk about the six steps of healing by Susan Weed. Again, kind of adapted for the life of birth and midwifery and all of that. We do talk about the six steps of healing quite a bit as well. If you're in any of our school classes or our childbirth classes, it's something that we reference, but not something that we have anything more in depth about. So I thought today it would be fun to do that just because it's come across my path a couple times in the last few months, and I usually take that as a sign that it might be useful. So I love this idea of six steps of healing. And if you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, you can A, just listen on because I really am going to go through what those six steps are. Uh, And if you're wanting to be busy, then you can certainly get on Google and check out the six steps of healing by Susan Weed. But I'm going to kind of go through them from my own perspective. So you don't need to look it up unless you want to. So I love this model because it is a feminine way of thinking and for making choices. And I think we just need more feminine examples in the world, honestly, because so much of pregnancy, birth, and midwifery really has come from or been adapted from the male medical model. So any chance I get to frame it like a woman, I certainly will take. There's so much awareness and consciousness that can be around any choice that we make in life, not just birth. But as with the wise woman model, which again, you can investigate for yourself, uh, it can be quite messy. So being a woman is messy. And that's not a bad thing. Um, If you do get into the models of birth, the wise woman model is a spiral. It's kind of like there is no beginning, there is no end, right? It's birth and death and life kind of all rolled up into one. Uh, But the woman is always at the center of her spiral. So I said I wasn't going to go into the wise woman model, but I think that's important to remind people of. And people, again, that are in our school or kind of follow the work that we do know that that's really important to us. The symbol, the spiral, and just this whole idea of each woman at the center of her spiral. 
I also wanted to illustrate today with talking about this six steps of healing that women that are having really awesome, powerful pregnancies and births usually have to work for that experience. And I've said that before, powerful births can happen just like anything can happen to anyone. But in my experience and my work, I see that women are working for that. And what does that mean? Generally, that means that they are listening to their inner voice. And that's not always easy. It doesn't mean you get an answer. So this is a great example of how to work through a choice that maybe you have to make. And making that choice might be hard regardless. So we're not flippantly making choices when we're thinking this way or the opposite. Maybe you think or maybe people think that, you know, women that are in the center of their spirals never have to make a choice. Just everything comes easy to them and, you know, their intuition tells them everything. That's not necessarily the case. There are many ways to make choices, obviously, that feel right for us, but I think the six steps of healing is a method, for lack of a better word. I don't love that word, but um, I don't know what else to call it at the moment. But it's a, um, you know, a method that can remind us that we have many choices inside a choice. So think about that, especially if you have something on your mind that's birth-related or pregnancy-related, and you're wondering what's right for you. Sometimes there are choices that come before the choice and working through those smaller choices give us more insight and we don't have to make this huge jump, this huge thing happen. Something like ultrasound comes to mind and I'm not going to keep focusing on ultrasound, but that's a choice. Many women are faced with that choice. However, there are many other things that could be thought about before someone even gets that far. Um, obviously, the reasons why they might desire such a thing, the reasons why they might not desire uh, if there are people around them that want that sort of thing, and just their general reasoning, right? So lots of people think that they need an ultrasound to learn the sex of the baby. Uh, what if there's another choice? You know, what if you could decide about blood work, for example? That would be a choice inside a choice. Anyway, there's lots of examples that remind us that this is a complex process. And that's something alone that needs to be acknowledged more in the world. Even if someone's choosing an entirely medical pregnancy and birth, for those people as well to be reminded that these are big decisions. Most choices, most, don't have to be made hastily. That's another thing that the six steps of healing reminds me of. We don't really have to make a choice in this moment for most scenarios. And I also love that the six steps of healing reminds us that we are whole. We are whole beings. We are not just physical. And it is prudent and insightful and smart and whatever word you want to use to consider your whole self when you make a choice. And really the fact that we wouldn't do that is completely crazy but it's just something this culture has come to think is normal. So we make a choice, most people, from our heads. Uh, if we're, again, in a more medical birth situation, or not necessarily, it can be someone that's planning a home birth. Sometimes it's really frowned upon to not 
only consider the statistics or the research, depending on who you are or who you're with. So again, just acknowledging that we are complex beings, uh, there should be a six-step process for making a choice. It should never be an overnight or black and white decision. The six steps of healing also takes us outside of the realm of numbers and science. And I personally love that, not because I hate numbers and science, I don't, but there's plenty of access to that in the world. In fact, it's overwhelming, hence Google, hence the studies that a normal person has access to, even if they can't necessarily interpret them. So we don't need more numbers and science to help us make choices if we're being conscious people. What we do need is more connection to ourselves and more ways of figuring that out. So numbers and science may be appropriate, but something like this six steps of healing will provide someone with more depth in addition. So you'll hear as we go through them that you certainly can consider things like research. We can use the six steps of healing for literally anything we need to deal with. So I was thinking of my own life and also how I wanted to go through this today. And something benign came to mind, really, in my pregnancy. Right now, I don't have a lot of complaints, which is great. But the one I've been pretty honest about is heartburn. And I'm not going to go into that more than that, uh, because I've tried all kinds of things and um, etc. But really, heartburn is pretty benign, right? It's not a life threatening condition. Uh, Whether I treat it or not, probably won't make a difference other than my comfort level. So I could talk about heartburn with the six steps of healing. That would be a little boring, I think. So I'm not going to do that. But it did bring that to mind. And of course, we can also talk about much bigger decisions and much um, more life altering kind of choices using the six steps of healing. With something that's benign, though, and I guess really only you can determine the seriousness of what you're looking to shift by healing, right? Because healing is kind of a big word, and I didn't really go into that, Um, but healing to me means that we think some kind of shift is necessary. And sometimes, like I said, the shift is pretty minimal. I would love to not have heartburn. Uh, But anyway, I think even using this for that reminds me that I do have a choice and I can be conscious about something like this. So as a midwife, and if you're a midwife or a natural health nut, as many people are that listen to this podcast, um, you know what I'm talking about, because we can be that way, right? So uh, by that, I mean, anything that comes up in your life, right? You have kids, you have pets, and you know the natural treatments for things. So oh, that's this supplement. Oh, you need a probiotic. Oh, everybody's deficient in magnesium, right? Whatever it is, uh, people just like you and me are used to recommending those kind of things. And when I was looking at the six steps of healing again, it just reminded me to be a little bit more conscious about those kind of thoughts. Because sure, that may be true. I mean, maybe sometimes a probiotic, for example, is all that's needed. But we could take it very seriously and go through these six steps 
Uh, and in other words, you know, whether we're recommending to someone else or, or treating a child, we could just bring our consciousness back to the fact that there are steps and that supplements are, you know, a little bit along in the process. They're not starting from the beginning, which we'll go through. So anyway, that was a good reminder for me, even with heartburn, that yes, I have and could just head right over to the supplement section in the natural store for digestion. But it has made me sit with it a little bit more. And as we go through the steps, um, you know, you can imagine what you would do if you had sort of a benign complaint like this, uh, you know, maybe um, gathering more information or keeping a journal or, you know, as you'll see, talking to your higher self and seeing if you can get any kind of info on what emotionally might be tied to the thing you want to heal. So uh, I'll say it one more time. It's just a good reminder that there are steps to healing ourselves and, uh, you know, supplements and things like that are easy and something we routinely seem to recommend, but it's not always the best way. And it seems to me that, you know, we would all be better off if we went through the six steps of healing, whether we're midwives, I think that we would do women a greater service. Although sometimes people really just want that blanket recommendation, right? So, you know, you don't have to force someone to go through the six steps. But it just made me pause and think. You can always go to that supplement recommendation as you'll hear. That is definitely a step in the process. So I thought it would be fun to just go through the six steps of healing as Susan Weed has written them and talk a little bit about each one. And I thought a fun scenario just for uh you know, being able to explain this better or talk about it more would be let's pretend that there's a woman whose baby is in the breech position at about 38 or 39 weeks of pregnancy. So someone like that, it doesn't matter to me what model they're receiving care in or, you know, not. But how can this woman use the six steps of healing for this issue that she is dealing with, what to do, when to do it, or if to do anything. All of these questions can be answered. And at first I thought, well, maybe that seems a little boring because I feel like probably a lot of people that listen to this podcast aren't the kind, really, that are going to have a breech baby and take the recommendation of a C-section from their midwife or their doctor, which really is the blanket recommendation in most places with very few exception. But then I thought, you never know who's listening to this. And there could be people that would benefit from talking through such a big choice that someone has to make because something like having a breech baby being in the medical system, we know, I know that those are the women that aren't really receiving the full spectrum of decision-making choices. And they're walking in the door for a C-section just because other baby's position. So maybe it'll help someone or maybe it'll help you if you already know this sort of thing to counsel someone that's in such a scenario. Okay, so there is step zero along with the six steps, which I think is pretty awesome. Step zero is do nothing. 
And there's a couple links online to the six steps. Uh, this particular link, you know, included some examples. And the examples here were sleep, meditate, unplug the clock or the telephone. I love this one. And I think this is the one that we all forget almost always, whether we're supernatural or not. Sometimes we forget that doing nothing is part of our process. And it's so frowned upon, isn't it? It's seen as irresponsible or neglectful. But nobody said you were doing nothing permanently. It's simply a step. And again, this, at least the link I have, doesn't go into any depth, which is why I'm talking about this today. Uh, but in my interpretation, this doing nothing is one of the most conscious steps we can take because it's inviting a solution or awareness in. It's not doing nothing with blinders on. It's aware that, okay, my baby's breech. Hmm. You know, uh, before I really get into all the choices and the ifs and the what's, let me just sit here in this space of doing nothing, which means I don't run straight to Google, right? I don't hear people's stories. I don't ask uh, what practitioners are around. I just simply sit in this awareness that I'm in this situation and humbly acknowledging that we, you know, the person in the situation, uh, we don't even know what the answer is supposed to be, right? So should the baby flip or should the baby be born breech, right? We don't know. And each woman, I believe, has to figure that out for herself if this is indeed her scenario. But step zero is not about figuring it out. It's about just being in this. And the best part about just being in it, open to it, hopefully, is that you do receive information. So you might call it the universe, you might call it God, you might call it your intuition, but it allows space for information to come in. And again, I don't know what that information is for any which person, but let's just say in this case with a breech baby that, you know, something really does come in and... For all we know, uh, it could be, you know, a feeling or a color or something about this baby and the baby could flip just like that. So we also aren't assuming that do nothing means that nothing will happen. I think that's a really important distinction. Again, the, the mainstream world might think that and that's why doing nothing is so frowned upon because it's not action based, but people that are aware of the deeper consciousness of these issues, I think would agree. Um, it isn't mean nothing. It doesn't mean nothing happens. This doing nothing allows space for information to travel. And sometimes we just don't have all the information. Uh, if nothing else, doing nothing communicates to yourself and to the universe and to your baby that there really isn't a rush. Sure, you know, I guess someone could go into labor at 38 weeks with a breech baby and maybe they haven't had time to work through this. But honestly, it's probably not going to happen. And rushing into a choice the day you find out isn't good decision making. Another thing I love about doing nothing is it illustrates whose issue, if you even want to call it that, 
this is, right? So a woman that takes time to do nothing after her doctor said, your baby is breech, you're 38 weeks, we need to schedule a C-section. I think this woman takes back some of her power by saying, thanks, I'm going to sit with this. And that's all. It's hard. It's maybe one of the hardest steps of the process, no matter if it's heartburn or if it's something like this. It's very hard to do nothing. It's a lot like birth, but things unfold. And then finally, the thing I love, another thing I love about this step is that it does make us consider if it is a problem. So without going into research or Google or talking to people, I think a woman in this position with a breech baby really could sit with that and determine just by doing nothing how it feels in her body. Does this feel like something that's right? Does this feel like something that's a problem? And if she decides it's not a problem, then perhaps she doesn't even proceed with the next step of healing or the step after that. Really, she would only proceed if she determined that there was something that needed to be balanced or fixed. So moving on, step one, collect information, such as low-tech diagnosis, books, support groups, divination. What I love about step one, collecting information, is that we are asked to consider the information on the inner ourselves as well as the outer. And again, this is what makes this topic of the six steps of healing so feminine and so appealing to me. It doesn't say just consult books, right? And that's, even if it didn't say, we could reason that collecting information comes from all kinds of places. So this is more of an action-based step. Step zero was not. Here we are moving into slight action. Where can I find information? Who has it? And what do I have that I need to know? And again, this could be a step that shows this woman, hey, your baby is breech for a reason that we may never know, but the baby is fine with it and you should feel confident you know she might hear that kind of message or she might hear the opposite message who knows but it's at this collecting information stage that still nothing has been done but information is starting to be sought and i'm sure you'll agree that most people move right into this step and again that's why step zero is so cool so step two moving on is engage the energy And the examples given were prayer, homeopathy, ceremony, affirmations, laughter. Sounds pretty hippie, although I love it. Um, But just think about what that means for you in whatever situation you're in. And again, this hypothetical breach baby person. What would this woman do at step two? Well, She would have gathered information already and maybe she's consulted herself, but not definitively. She's really not quite sure what this means for her. And if she sees birth and life as energy, this would be the phase to ask, okay, what's next? What guidance can I seek um, in the form of ceremony, you know, or, or prayer? And sometimes just asking that can shift just asking the universe for help 
will give us the shift we need and we'll get a sign or we'll get a clear feeling or a message or maybe the problem will cease or maybe we'll cease to see it as a problem. Either of those things could happen. So acknowledging energy is important. I don't know how on earth we got to a place in the world where energy was left out of our lives. It was left out of pregnancy and birth in particular. It's crazy to me. We're not just facts and stats and numbers. So what does this feel like in this woman's body? Um, Something like homeopathy, which is a pretty mainstream modality, is based on the moving of energy and the subtle energy, right? Homeopathy, if you don't know what that is, you can look it up. But it's super safe and gentle for infants even and pets. Um, And it's based on this idea that our bodies know what they're doing. They know how to heal. And so if there is a shift that our body needs, then something like homeopathy can create that change without our thought, without our will, um, that kind of thing. Um, Following intuition is certainly a part of engaging the energy. And also just acknowledging that this energy in this situation is unique to you. So this woman that has this breech baby isn't the same as another woman that has a breech baby. It's just ridiculous to act like we're all the same. Uh, This woman has her own story, her own past, her own history, her own everything, her own unique baby. And that will be the energy that determines how this can be engaged or not. Um, And again, I know it's all a little funny to talk about because We're not assuming that we know as we're going through these what the end game is, right? Um, Sure, vaginal breech birth, awesome. But that's not the assumption. The assumption is that if someone is going through the six steps consciously, that they will wind up in the place that they need to. So um, that's step two. Moving through, step three is nourish and tonify or tonify, I guess, Uh, herbal infusions and vinegars, hugs, exercise, food choices, gentle massage and yoga stretches. So this is the part of having a breech baby where everybody starts talking about their breech tilts and their headstands and their this and their that. And again, does this remind you of how often you see people skip right to this step? right? So it's not about figuring out what's right for them. It's not about doing nothing. It's not about listening. It's not about engaging the energy and asking for guidance. We, and and by we, I mean kind of our culture and even midwives or natural health kind of people, we move right into this step three without having much consciousness about it. Um, Even if they're yoga stretches, right? Or chiropractic, Uh, Oh, go, you know, find a Webster certified chiropractor to turn your baby or, oh, I know the perfect yoga stretch that works every time. Um, Yeah, it's a step in the process, but it's not the first step. It's not even the second step. It's the third step. And again, it's something that can only uniquely be answered by this woman as she moves through in this order. So what does my body need if I'm her? And in what direction would that feel good? So that to me 
is the question. She's already worked through step zero, step one, step two, and here she is at step three thinking, yes, this baby is fine with me trying gentle massage or yoga stretches. What would feel good? What is being asked of me? And nourish in particular is always good, I think, in pregnancy and beyond. And it's something I love about the wise woman tradition is that we're not looking to cleanse or purify. We're always looking to nourish. So, I mean, again, how many ways could this look? So many, even with food choices. Um, You know, I, I don't know how food choices necessarily affect a breech baby. Um, but again, more, more in the line of just, maybe there's not a problem to be fixed. You know, maybe I haven't been taking really great care of myself. And here I am at the end of this pregnancy. And I'm actually really nervous, right? Um, I'm, I'm nervous because I just haven't connected lately. And you know, my body's feeling this way and that way. And suddenly it dawns on her, oh, I need to do this or that and feel more connected. And then her baby feels more connected. And then her baby decides maybe it's better to be head down. I mean, there's only a billion ways that these things can look or manifest or play out. And we would never pretend to know any of them. But again, here we are backing up a little to give some perspective for a second. Uh, Here we are trying to counter just the mainstream advice and the way that people make choices in birth. So, you know, not that, um, again, a C-section for a breach wouldn't be something she might end up with. It wouldn't be where anybody should start. And that goes for every decision, small and large, in the spectrum of pregnancy and birth. Everybody should know about the six steps of healing and how and when and why to move through them. That's my thought. So here we are, we did zero, one, two, and three. We're moving on to step four. And now it says note, healing with steps four, five, and six always causes some harm. And that sounds very serious, doesn't it? Uh, I would like to offer my interpretation of that, which I'm not trying to say that isn't correct. I think depending on the scenario, that's true. As we get into the examples, you'll see something like an herbal tincture really can cause harm. And how I would like to interpret this is not necessarily harm, although you'll see that it could look that way by the time we get to step six, um, but that it causes change and that we have to be humble and acknowledge that when we unconsciously mess with stuff, especially in pregnancy and birth, we don't know the results. And that's just the facts. Again, ultrasound, um, you know, it's never been proven to be safe. So doesn't mean people don't do it. Doesn't mean there's not a time that it might have benefits that outweigh risks. But we have to acknowledge that there will be change created, whether we call it harm or not. And that change could affect future generations. So it is very serious. Uh, at the same time that I'm changing the words a little. So step four is stimulate or sedate. So examples, hot or cold water, herbal tinctures, acupuncture. 
And for every stimulation slash sedation, there is an opposite sedation slash stimulation sooner or later. So that just reminds us that our bodies, again, know. And if we're going to start messing with stuff, whether it's heartburn or a breech baby, that sooner or later, our bodies will seek to find balance if we do anything extreme. And that's really big. That's kind of like, it could be its own podcast big, just because what does that even mean? It doesn't even mean only on the physical level. So mess with a breech baby, uh, maybe mess with that baby's karma in life, who knows, or maybe a future birth somehow you're interfering with of your own because of the outcome that this birth had. Um, so it is very serious to even consider something like acupuncture, perhaps, for this scenario. Again, unless, uh, well, it's still serious, but it's not that we don't have the right as conscious human beings to make those choices. Again, it's just making them in consciousness and being aware that there are steps or levels to the seriousness of our decision making. So again, acupuncture isn't a crazy choice for someone that has a breech baby, uh, but is it the first step or even the second step that someone should take? Well, according to the six steps of healing, it is not. It is step four because that is really stimulating or and or sedating depending on perhaps the person, um, whatever energetics are going on. There's also a note that addiction is possible if this step is overused. And again, that sounds harsh, but let's reframe it to say something like addiction to any kind of interference is possible if this step is overused. So I don't mean it. I don't think it means literally right addiction to acupuncture. No, it means addiction to thinking that there's something outside of yourself that's the magic cure. And some of it is less benign than other parts. Herbal tinctures are often toxic. Um, you know, unless you really know what you're doing, swallowing a bunch of alcohol based tinctures uh, can be dangerous. That's not untrue, even if you don't want to hear it because you think herbs are natural. So that's step four. You can feel, I think, and hear how the seriousness is increasing. And again, how most people are skipping over almost all of these steps before making choices. Step 5A. So there's 5A and 5B before we get to six. Um, 5A is using supplements. So that includes food substances like nutritional yeast, blue-green algae. Again, this doesn't, that doesn't apply to breach, just saying. Um, but vitamins and minerals, as we talked about before with the heartburn. So I was struggling a little to think of how this particular step related to breach, but it could be something like moxa, right? People use moxa or mugwort to turn a baby. Um, who knows? I mean, I'm sure there's all kinds of other sort of wives tales and different crazy things people are doing to turn a baby. But again, the assumption is that the baby needs to move, which may or may not be true. And so again, jumping right in with, uh, you know, what you can buy on the shelf or what you can do outside of yourself is not the beginning of the healing process. And really just think about how potent that information is. 
that the beginning of a choice or the beginning of healing, whatever you want to call it, starts with you, which is step zero, which is being you (laughs) and doing nothing. Um, How often we move right into step 5A, which puts the power outside of ourselves. So pretty amazing. Thanks, Susan Weed. Although that last little bit was at least my interpretation. I haven't heard her speak on this or, you know, I haven't read anything else. So this is all kind of my interpretation of the steps that I see on the page. You might have your own. Step 5B is using drugs. So we are getting more aggressive here. And yeah, we're not going to use drugs to move a breech baby. However, I think something like an ECV or external cephalic version where they manually move a baby inside the uterus um, falls in this category. And that, an ECV, is something that many people just go off and do, right? Their babies breach, and literally an hour later, they're in for an ECV because that's what's suggested by the doctor or the midwife. Um, To me, that's a pretty serious step. That's a pretty serious decision to make. To me, that is not just part of the drill of having a breech baby. That is something that can cause someone to go into labor. Um, An ECV can disrupt a baby. It can disrupt a placenta. You could wind up with a bleeding mom. You could wind up with a mom that goes into labor. Um, You could wind up with a distressed baby and need a C-section. So yeah, I get it that that's a choice. And the research, I believe, shows us that, eh, you know, ECV has its risks, but also its benefits, blah, blah, blah. Sure, it does. But again, if we're looking at it from this perspective, it's very far down on the six steps of healing because it's very interventive. And again, um, the point is really just to be conscious. It's not that somebody wouldn't decide that that's right for them. But step 5B Um, again, is equivalent to using drugs. And to me, ECV falls under that category because, man, if you've ever seen one, and I've seen one um, done by a doctor, uh, it it was very gentle, actually, in the big picture of things and what you might imagine. But still, uh, just imagine being that baby and talk to someone that's had it done. Many women will report that it's painful. And they do actually give drugs in many cases to relax the uterus and to help with pain during such a procedure. So again, someone wants to jump to that. That's their business. But there's so many steps along the way that they've obviously skipped. So, okay, the final step here is step six, break and enter. And I don't remember necessarily all these steps in order Um, but step six, step zero, I remember. And step six, I certainly remember because break and enter, man, like, can we just be honest about that's what we're doing sometimes? And so in parentheses, she has threatening language. So how awesome is that really? Uh, you know, your baby's breach. And I've had people that I have worked with whose midwives have told them, your baby will die. That is a serious thing to say, and that moves someone right along, if they're susceptible enough, to step six, thinking that a C-section is their safest and probably only choice. That is a huge 
breach of the rights we have as women and as people. And it's no one's right to do that to someone else. Uh, Along that list, threatening language, surgery, colonics, radiation, psychoactive drugs, um, invasive diagnostic tests. So right, again, some of those aren't going to apply to our breach scenario, but threatening language certainly applies to so many things. And when a woman is pregnant, looking for a way to make a choice, and then surgery, we all know what that is. Uh, Most women are recommended a C-section upon learning that their baby is breached at term. So, you know, if it's before that, then a doctor or midwife might encourage whatever, step four, step 5A, step 5B, before six. But if you're term, you're pretty much going to get recommended step six, which again, break and enter. This is serious business. And if we go back to, um, you know, the note, healing with steps four, five, and six always causes some harm. And with surgery, we don't even have to wonder on what level that harm is happening because it happens physically and emotionally and spiritually to mom and baby. Oh, here's a nice little side note. Um, Step six, side effects, including death, are inevitable. So it's not saying death is inevitable with step six, but it is saying side effects are inevitable and death is one of them. So that's a somber way to end, but I think a powerful way to have concluded these wonderful six steps of healing. I encourage you, of course, to go look at it on your own. And, um, you know, there's many versions kind of out there, I feel like, on the Internet. And if you're a childbirth educator or a doula or even just a helpful friend, I think it's a great resource to make women aware of. Because it's not you saying, oh, you have another choice, don't you know? It's just encouraging them to go through this process. And somebody that is conscious and willing and really wanting to do the best for themselves will probably be really intrigued. And so that is awesome. So thanks for listening. I don't think I have anything else today. You can always reach me, Marin at anybirth.org, if you have any questions. Uh, iTunes reviews. I haven't said that in a while and I'm sure many people will just end the podcast now but if you really do like these podcasts it is helpful to have positive reviews and I don't say that very often because it's kind of annoying but you know what else I also don't have ads and commercials and all kinds of nonsense through this podcast because I think that is super cheesy and annoying and I wouldn't do that to you Um, so if you like that about these podcasts then a simple review would be so helpful it really does help us a lot and more importantly it helps people that want to be a part of this whole thing so thanks for your help have a great day